Jesus Christ is our living hope. He's not dead. He's our living hope. That's why we're here. Hallelujah. Uh, praise the one who set me free, right? That's why we're here. Go ahead and have a seat. We're so glad that you're here on Easter Resurrection Sunday to celebrate that he is alive, the, the one who set us free. Uh, the living king is alive. And so, man, we, we celebrate every week, but uh, Christians for 2,000 years have set aside a specific day of the year to zero in on the resurrection, to remember that, which is a great thing. So thank you for being here to remember, to celebrate, uh, to recalibrate uh, what uh, Christianity, what this means that he came out of the grave. We're glad you're here. Some of you are watching from all over the world. You're watching from your house somewhere, maybe from a coffee house. We're glad you're here. We just, we just want to to help you become a family, not just be here as a visitor, as a guest. We're glad you're here as a visitor guest. Hope you've been made feel welcome, but we want you to become a part of our family. And so if you will, let us know you're here. How do you do that? Well, if you're online, you can text the word CONNECT to the number that's gonna pop up on the screen. Uh, that number is one, country code one, 615-551-9800, all right? Text the word CONNECT and that will... Help us help you, man. We can get you some information that'll start a dialogue. Let us know you're here. If you're in the house, you can do the same thing. Just take your phone. We know that that's the, the new way of doing things, right? It's virtual, take your phone, uh, text the word connect, or you can take some of those cards that's literally in the back of uh, some of the pockets in the seats and uh, fill them out the old-fashioned way. Put them in the boxes as you leave. Bring them back to uh, our Connect booth. We'll be glad to give you a gift for being here. We'll be honored, love to give you a gift. So thank you for being here. Let me also remind those of you who call this place home. If you are a member, if you call this place home, please continue to give your tithes and your offerings so that we can continue to take the gospel to tell people the power of the resurrection around the world, from here to around the world. If you are our guest, we, all the thing we want you to give us is, man, we, we're grateful you gave us your time uh, this morning. Uh, just give us your name, all right? Give us, uh, we're, I promise we're not gonna stalk you. Uh, I promise we're not gonna sell your info, but just uh, give us your name. If you're a member, give us your tithes offerings uh, to, to the Lord so that we can continue to take the gospel around the world. You can do that in multiple ways. You can do that by uh, mailing it in or by, by bringing it in or giving it in the boxes, or you can do it uh, by, ty by, by uh, uh, online, uh, through our app, uh, through our text. You can do it however you want, but please uh, continue to give and be faithful to the Lord that. Now, man, uh, I wanna start out by telling you why we're not here before I tell you why we are here, or remind you, I should say. Uh, we're not here because a bunny uh, hid some eggs somewhere, right? Although, if uh, you find some of those Cadbury, like these I have in my pocket, hey, you can bring them to me because I sort of like those, right? But we're not here because uh, somebody actually did that after the first service, and I said, hey, bless your heart. And so, Man, we're not here because a bunny hit some eggs. We're, we're, we're not here to talk about some event in history. We're not here because, uh, you know, uh, today's not about peeps or pastels, right? Although some of you look really good in them and some of you dudes, there's nothing you can do to make yourself look better. But thanks for trying, all right? Uh, you're not here to talk about some event in history that has no impact on your life, right? History's full of events and you talk about those, we talk about those, but you're not here to talk about some event in history that has no impact on your life. We're here to talk about the reality of the resurrection and the fact that it changes everything. The resurrection of Jesus literally changes everything. So today, uh, I wanna talk about the power of the resurrection. Actually, I'm gonna show you the power of the resurrection, which is 10 times better than, uh, actually 400 times better uh, than, 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 than talking about it. We're gonna show it to you, right? But before we show it to you, uh, the power of the resurrection, I wanna help us get there by looking at the, the problem of the resurrection and the proofs of the resurrection, all right? So uh, we're gonna start out by talking about the problem of the resurrection, but let's look at the, the, the passage today. It's coming from Luke's version. Uh, you know, there are four gospels in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And this is Luke's story of, uh, of the, the resurrection Sunday. What happened? But on the first day of the week, which is on a, uh, a Sunday, that's why Christians worship on Sunday. Jews worshiped on Saturday. It was their Sabbath. We worship Sunday because Jesus came out of the grave on Sunday, the first day of the week. At early dawn, it was early in the morning. You thought you got up early on Easter Sunday? Jesus got up a long time before you did. Praise the Lord. They went to the tomb 
taking the spices they had prepared, the women, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11. Remember, Judas has not yet been replaced. Uh, and it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and, the, and Mary, the mother of James and the other women with him who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale. Listen to this, hang on to this, very important. <clears throat> these words seemed to them an idle tale and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves and he went home marveling at what had happened. Now, this is Luke's version. And we know that uh, uh, the other gospel writers talk about the resurrection. This is Luke's version. And what Luke tells us is that we have a problem here. There's the problem that the resurrection presents, right? And, and you know, when I was a young boy, uh, I, my dream was to be QB1 for the Dallas Cowboys, right? I mean, man, I, I hate the Cowboys today, to be quite honest with you. I love the Titans. I hate the Cowboys. But when I was a boy, I grew up in East Tennessee, and I grew up in the mountains, Appalachian Mountains, and we didn't have cable television. We didn't have a satellite. We had this old-fashioned thing called an antenna, okay? And this antenna on my house, and I'd have to go out, and I'd have to get the antenna, and my dad would say, hey, son, go turn the antenna. And you'd have to turn that antenna for different channels to come in, uh, you know, if you know what I mean. And they were snowy and, and, and all this kind of stuff. We'd, but we only had a few channels that we could pick up in the mountains. And, but the Dallas Cowboys came on all the time, and so I wanted to be QB1 for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, every boy and girl, they dream about, man, I want to be, if they're a football player, I want to be an NFL or I want to be an NBA or I want to be in Major League Baseball or I want to be, you know, I'm a mus if you're a musician, you want to be in a band or whatever it is you want to be. I wanted to be QB1 for the Cowboys. And listen, if I do say so myself, it wasn't an unrealistic dream. I had some talent, okay? I mean, I had some talent. I was tall. I, I was fast. The high school coaches were already talking when I was in middle school about the impact, what they would do with me when I got into high school, and it was a pretty good until one moment that changed all my plans, one moment that changed everything. You see, my mom and dad and I, we had just got back from vacation uh, with my brother and my sister who are younger than me. We had just got back from vacation. My dad said, I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to rest. My mom said, I'm going to go to the store uh, to restock the shelves. She said, don't you go anywhere. You stay right here till I get back. I said, Okay. Well, my dad got me my first motorcycle when I was seven years old. I couldn't even touch the ground on it. So I grew up riding and racing motorcycles with all my friends, and we all had them in the neighborhood, and it was a cool place to grow up, and an awesome kids everywhere, and, and motorcycles, and football, and basketball, and baseball, and it was just always something. So I'd been, I grew up riding and, and racing motorcycles, and uh, my, my, my neighbor, who was about five years older than me at this time, he had gotten a brand new Honda 750, and that was a big motorcycle on that day right? I mean, a Honda 750. My mom, he pulls in, and my mom had just left about a minute earlier and said, don't you go anywhere. And I'm like, my mom will never know I went anywhere. I can get on the back of this motorcycle, and man, we can be back before my mom comes back. And so I jumped on the back of that motorcycle, and we take off, man, and we are just, I mean, hair, I mean, everything flowing in. It's awesome, man. We're going down the four-lane highway doing about 65 miles an hour, and we were having a blast until a drunk pulls right out in front of us. And at 65 miles an hour, before we had time to do anything, bam, we hit the side of this truck right where the cab meets the bed. And man, I'm doing my, my finest Superman impersonation, right? I mean, man, I'm flying through the air. And all I can remember is, man, I can't remember. I don't feel anything. Everything's in slow motion. And I stop about 150 yards down the, the interstate. And I'm rolling and tumbling and skidding. And I've got strawberries and road rash. And, and, and man, when I come, sort of come to after all that, and, and, and I look over and I see my buddy. And I'm thinking, he's dead. He's knocked, knocked out cold, right? And I'm thinking, he's dead. He's landing in the road. And I'm thinking, I, I just got to get up and help him. And I don't know what to do. But I realized I couldn't get up. And I'm like, what? I couldn't get up. And I look down, and my foot's like laying right here. And I'm saying, foot, you're not supposed to be there. And so, long story short, man, I had to, I, I, obviously, I lived through that. I, I knew, okay, God's got to, God, God left you here for a You're invincible, folks, until God is done with you, okay? 
I learned that when I was young. And so, so after about three surgeries on my leg, pins everywhere, I was in a cast for like eight months in this leg. And, and during that time, my right leg grew three inches. This one didn't grow at all. Can you imagine? I mean, my leg was like that much shorter. Uh, they said, hey, that's, that's cool. You live in East Tennessee. You're in the mountains. You need one leg shorter to walk on them heels, right? <laughs> so they said, well, here's what we're going to do. When I was 13 years old, they stopped my, the growth. They stopped me from growing. They, they uh, uh, took the growth plates out of my long bones and my legs. So I haven't grown. My legs haven't grown. I'm almost as tall now as I was really when I was uh, 13 years old. I really haven't grown much. They said I would have been at least 6'2 to 6'3. Uh, my speed was gone, obviously. They said, you'll never play football again. Uh, we just want to help you walk again, right? And, and so uh, I was out of football for two years, but I did play. I did end up starting. I couldn't play quarterback anymore, man. I, I mean, I was, I was too slow. I had to play linebacker, and I love that. Uh, and all that stuff. And, and here's, here, here's my point in it. I had a plan, and it all changed in a single moment. It all changed in a single moment. My plan changed, just like the women who were going to the tomb. The women who were going to the tomb on on, on Sunday morning, the first day of the week, Jesus had just been murdered on Friday. They couldn't prepare the body. They didn't embalm bodies like we embalm bodies today, right, if they're buried, uh, uh, they wrapped them in cloth, and before they wrapped them in cloth, or as they wrapped them in cloth, they anointed their body with ointments and spices and all this kind of stuff to knock the smell down, right? I mean, obviously, you're not embalmed. You're, 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 you're from dust you came to dust you returned, so your skin's gonna rot away, and as it's rotting, it's gonna stink, and they put a stone, that's part of the stone, right? And so they would anoint your body with spices and ointments and put it in a tomb, put a stone there, let your skin rot off. When your skin rotted off, they would get your bones out, put your bones in a little box, keep your bones, and then put another body or other bodies in the tomb. And so, but they weren't able to do that with Jesus because he was murdered on Friday. They took him down from the cross uh, on Friday and they had to take him down early because it was the Shabbat, the Sabbath. The Sabbath began at sundown Friday. And so these guys are on the cross. They can't be on the cross. And so what did they do to hasten it? Well, they broke their legs. They took clubs and they broke their legs. And then when they broke their legs, because death on the cross was humiliating, but it was really asphyxiation because you hung there and, and, and you couldn't breathe. And so they broke their legs to keep them from pushing themselves up and they died. But they came to Jesus and he was already dead because the prophet said that not a bone would be broken in his body. And so they took a spear and they stabbed it in his side to make sure that he was dead. It said blood and water flowed and they're dead. They take them down. They don't have time to anoint their body. They don't have time to prepare them. So they put Jesus in a tomb unprepared. And so on Sunday morning, the women are thinking, okay, Sabbath's beginning. We can't do anything on Saturday. It's Sabbath until sundown Saturday. After, after sun goes down, we can't go to the tomb. It'll be dark. Sunday morning, we're gonna get up early. We're gonna go to the tomb and we're gonna, we're gonna anoint Jesus's body and, and with spices and ointments. And they get there and they got a problem. You see, they, they, they get there, and what did they expect to find? They expect, expected to find Jesus' body wrapped in a shroud, laying on a shelf or laying in the tomb, uh, a stone against the tomb. Uh, they're thinking on the way probably, I'm sure hoping we can sweet talk these Roman soldiers into moving that stone because these women could not move that stone. I'm hoping that surely they'll want us to move the stone because his body will start stinking. They're going to be there a while. They don't want to smell uh, the stench, and so surely they'll move it. We're hoping they move it. When they get there, they find the stone rolled away. Many people think, when we think about it, we think, okay, man, uh, the angels moved the stone away so Jesus could get out. Folks, Jesus didn't need an angel to move the stone so he could get out. He just come back from the dead. He don't need anybody to move a stone. He, they didn't move the stone so Jesus could get out. They moved the stone so the women could get in. And so the women get there. The stone's rolled away. They look in. The body is not there. They're like mind blown. What is going on? I don't understand. I mean, uh, no, what is going on? And so they see two men in dazzling apparel who happen to be angels. And they said, what are you looking for? I mean, why are you searching for the living among the dead? He's not here, he's risen, just like he told you he would. It was angel's way of saying, I told you so. He told you so, right? Just like he told you would. And they remembered his words. And man, listen, I'm sure they had a thousand questions, don't you? I mean, imagine you go to a tomb, Today, imagine you go to a graveside, graves dug up, no casket there, no bodies there. You're like, what? what, what, what? 
and all of a sudden, two angels said, hey, you know, my mom, my dad died recently. My mom died. If I went to my dad's grave, he's not there. And an angel said, hey, he's not here. He's risen. I'm like, oh, no, you didn't know my daddy. But see, they know Jesus. He's not here. He's risen. I'm sure they got a thousand questions. You know they did. How? What? Are you They had a thousand questions. But here's one thing that was for sure. In that one moment, everything changed. See, they had a problem. They, they, they could not go back as normal. They had a problem. But now the, 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 the tomb is empty. They, they just can't go to Longhorn and eat steak and forget about it. They can't just go home and do an Easter egg hunt and say, oh, the tomb's empty. Great, kids. Let's go do an Easter egg hunt. You, 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 they just couldn't get up the next morning and go to work and forget about it. The problem is that the tomb is empty, and you can't just bypass that. You just can't ignore it. It, it changes everything. You have to deal with it. What are you going to do with the empty tomb? See, many of you, you're here for many reasons. Some of you came, man, it's just your, man, you're here. All the time. Somebody came as a, as a favor to your spouse. Thank you, man. Your spouse has been praying. If your spouse said, go to church with me, I want you to know they've been praying for you. Or if you're a friend, hey, I want you to know they've been praying for you. Some of you are here because it's just an annual thing you do. Thank you for being here. Some of you are, man, I check a box, go to lunch, let's go. Uh, thank you for being here, whatever. But some of you are here for many different reasons. But see, now you have the same issue, the same problem those women had. There's a tomb that's empty and you just can't go to lunch and forget about it. What are you going to do with it? It changes everything. It changes everything. See, that's the problem of the resurrection. You got to do something with it. But there's also some proofs of the resurrection. And I want you to understand, because today you're saying, yeah, Pat, I, I, I know, but, uh, you know, really, I mean, I, I don't know. It's a tale. It's great. But I don't know if I believe. Uh, there's some proofs of the resurrection. You see, the problem's not, not there without some proofs. There's some proofs of the resurrection. Right? I mean, these proofs of the resurrection. And uh, no, notice what happened. Uh, the disciples, they did not even believe the women. The women come running in. I mean, they've been to the tomb. They've seen this. They come running in, and uh, they're, like, excited. You can imagine. They're excited. I mean, they probably can't understand. Slow down, slow down. What are you saying? Hold, stop, 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 stop. Time out. Hold, what are you saying? And the women are like, you ain't gonna believe, you ain't gonna believe. The, 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 the tomb's empty. What, 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 what's happening? But the angels told us, he's alive, he's alive. And the, the disciples like, oh. they, they didn't believe, they, they even said, it's idle talk. They thought these women been spending too much time down, to, down at the vineyard. That's what they've been doing. You know what I mean? It's idle talk. They didn't believe them, it said. They didn't believe them. Maybe that's where you are today. Right, maybe you're like, well, I've heard this story. I've been here before. I've heard this story. I just don't know how it could be true. A virgin <laughs> giving birth to a child. Uh, a, a, a dead man coming out of the grave. I, I don't know if it could be true. Some of you uh, are like, you know, some of you are, are wondering and, and you think that, man, Jesus is a good man. I mean, Jesus is a, a model citizen. He's a great teacher. He's the perfect example for our kids. Who wouldn't want our kids living like Jesus? He's a perfect example of love and, and, and of grace, and he, he, he's all these things. Man, he's a great life coach, but I don't know if he's the living Christ. You know, you're, you're not alone. Even the disciples were there. Even the disciples, I don't believe them, right? And so notice what happened. Luke tells us that Peter, and I love Peter, because Peter, he's sort of loudmouth, and he sort of jumps out there, you know, he, 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 he speaks before he thinks sometimes, and, and, and man, he, sometimes he doesn't say all the right things, just sort of like, I, I just, I, I say, man, he's, I'm a lot like him, I believe, that's why I love him. So Peter, they, they don't believe it, but Peter says, I'm going to check it out. Peter takes off running to the tomb. Well, John, John wrote a gospel, the gospel of John. John was Jesus' best friend when he lived on this planet. He was the one Jesus loved, it said. The disciple whom he loved. He was Jesus' best friend when Jesus was on this planet. He, was a, he also wrote a gospel, and he harmonizes. He, he tells the same story, and, and, and he harmonizes it. And, and, and it's, he, he tells that not only did Peter take off, John took off. And they both are running 
to the tomb, but John, he's a little bit younger. I mean, his joints, man, they're not popping. You know, his joints are, I mean, his, his hamstrings are, 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 you know, they're ready to roll. And John, his 40 times a little bit faster. And so he beats Peter to the tomb. And when John gets there, it says, John said, he bent down, went into the tomb. And it says, he looked and he believed. Peter gets there after John. And Peter's sort of outside going, I don't, I, I don't know what's going on here. And then John's like, comes out, praise the Lord, man, praise the Lord. I believe he's alive. And Peter, it says, Peter stoops in and he sees the grave cloths lying there. But it doesn't say he believed immediately. He said he marveled. He's like backing away and he's walking home. What, what's going on? I, see, that's exactly where some of you are. Some of you have heard and man, you have believed, praise the Lord. I mean, you know that Jesus, you know that Jesus came out of the tomb. You know that he lived, that he died, that he was perfect, uh, that he came out of the tomb. You believe in him. He's the only way to take away your sin. He's the only way for you to be made right with God. You sin and you believe. Praise God, amen. Other of you, you've heard the same story. You're sort of marveling. I, sounds good. Too good to be true, actually. Right? It sounds too good to be true. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I, you're sort of like Pete, you're sort of marveling. And here's the point. Both those disciples and those women, they saw something that gave them undeniable proofs that the one that they had followed for the last three years was worthy of being the king of their life. The one that they had followed was not just a good teacher, a moral man, a good example, a good principal man. He was not a life coach. He was the living Christ. That's what they had seen and they had had proof. They had proof that tomb was empty. The tomb was empty. You know, it's a problem. And some people see it and believe it, and they deal with the problem. No, Jesus was the answer to the problem. Other people, they see it, and they don't want to deal with it because to deal with it means I surrender my life. How do I deal with this issue? Well, if he is who he says he is, if he is the God-man, if he is the Christ, if he is God in the flesh, perfect, sinless, died on the cross, not for his sin, but for my sin, for your sin, come out of the grave on the third day, then if that's really true, you have no choice but to say, I bow to you as the king of my life, or to foolishly walk away and say, eh. You have to deal with it, right? And people don't want to deal with that. People don't want to surrender their life because, listen, folks, in our world today, it's not just as easy as, oh, say a magical incantation prayer and you're saved for all of eternity. You can live however you want to live. That's easy Christianity. That's Christianity light, but that's not the Bible. You have to surrender your life to it. People don't want to do that. So what do they do? Man, they, they deal with it by saying, okay, the resurrection, the empty tomb's a problem, so what do I do with it? Well, you know what? I, the disciples stole the body. That's a, that's a theory, isn't it, that you, you might have heard? As a matter of fact, it started immediately. Remember the, the, the soldiers who were guarding the tomb, uh, when they went and told what was going on, remember what the authorities told them to do? Hey, don't, don't tell anybody about this. I mean, we, we're going to pay you some money to keep your mouth shut. We're going to pay you off. If anybody asks you, the disciples stole the body, right? I mean, uh, th this, this goes all the way back. Disciples stole the body. Well, that's, uh, I mean, really, I mean, he, here's the thing. If the disciples stole the body and they, you know, kept, uh, continued this, this thing that Jesus said he was going to die and rise again, and they, they, they wanted to continue, they stole the body. Uh, let me tell you something. One of them might have died for a lie, but not every single one of them, and every disciple died why? Because they believe in Jesus and because they believe he's, his resurrection was real. Every one of them, not just died, was brutally murdered from either having their head chopped off, being boiled in pots of oil, crucified on crosses upside down. Every one of them uh, died because they believed Jesus come out of the grave, except one, John. They tried to kill him, boiled him in oil, and it didn't kill him because you are invincible until God is through with you on this planet. Understand that. Until God is through with you, till his uh, set time, nothing is gonna take you out of here. And when it is time, nothing's gonna keep you here. <laughs> okay? And so, so every one of them, now I'm gonna tell you, the first one, 
he might have said, okay, I'm going to die for this lie. Time you get down to two or three, somebody's going to go, oh, hold on a minute. We lied. We, 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 we hit it. Here's where the body's buried. Not a one of them did. Well, they went to the wrong tomb. The women went to the wrong tomb. The, then John, John and Peter went to the wrong tomb. Or uh, he, he wasn't really dead, right? He, 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 they, they, he, they went to the wrong tomb. Well, he, here's what Paul tells He appeared to over 500 people after his resurrection. Over 500 people. He ate with them. He talked with them. He walked with them. Not a one of them recounted, recanted. Not a one of them said, oh, no, you know when the, when the persecution of the church started happening and Christians started being killed and thrown to the lines? Somebody's going to say, one of those 500 is going to say, hey, hold on a minute, it's just that. But all of them, they did not recant because it was true they could not, right? I mean, if one, you got one eyewitness in a court of law, man, you're sunk if you did something. 500, it's over. Over 500 people he appeared to, none of them recanted. Well, I mean, he wasn't really dead. They put him in the, in the tomb. Uh, they took him down, but he was just out cold. Wow, uh, really? Well, I mean, he had just, Thursday night had been kept up all night long, interrogated, spit upon, mocked, beaten, Friday morning tortured, tortured to the point that he was beaten beyond recognition. The skin was ripped off of his back so you could see his, not only his ribs, but his internal organs. He... He had a crown of thorns driven into his head. He had to carry his cross. He has no blood left in his body almost at this point. They nail him to a cross. They hang him on a cross. They have to take him down early because of the the Sabbath, and he's already dead, so they don't break his legs to fulfill prophecy. But what they do to make sure he's dead is they stick a spear in his side. This is all Friday evening. Oh, he wasn't really dead. He was just, you know, out, and they put him in a tomb. And, yeah, this man who was, according to the prophet Isaiah, beaten so badly that when you looked at him, you couldn't even recognize he was a human being, let alone Jesus. He's beaten, he's bloodied, he's tortured, he's stuck with a spear on Friday evening. He has no skin on his back. He, and, and all of a sudden, he just sort of wakes up out of his comatose state from the beating and blood loss on Saturday evening. I mean, he gets out, he... In all of that, he moves the stone and goes all Chuck Norris Rambo on the Roman guards and just vanishes like Jason Bourne. Okay? A whole lot more faith than I've got. <laughs> it takes a whole lot more faith to believe any of those than it does to believe in Jesus, just to be quite honest. Right? It takes a whole lot more uh, uh, to believe in that than it does. So, so here's the thing. Uh, he, the, the proofs are empty tombs. The proofs of the special ops soldiers in front of the tomb guarding it, done. I mean, stone moved away. The proofs, uh, no body was ever produced. I mean, the proofs, James, his brother, here's an incredible proof. I mean, I don't know if you got a brother or not. I don't know if you got a brother. I got a brother. He's younger than me. And uh, Jesus' brother, James, well, when he was alive, he never thought Jesus was the Messiah. <laughs> Would you? He's your brother. Right after Jesus come back from the dead, you know what James, his own brother, did? Worshipped him as God, worshipped him as the Messiah. Folks, if your brother calls you Lord, I'm like, whoa, hold on, right? But now let me tell you the most convincing proof of all. Every one of those disciples, the, the most convincing proof of all, because you can literally, I mean, you can debate how did the stone get rolled away. You can speculate about the eyewitnesses. You can speculate about a lot of things but there's one thing you cannot argue with or speculate, and that is the power of the resurrection that changes, radically changes lives in its wake. From the day he arose until today and until he returns, his resurrection has powerfully, radically changed countless lives. The disciples were cowards hiding in a room after his resurrection. They were afraid that they were gonna be next, and they would have been, and they were afraid, they were hiding, they were scared, and after his resurrection and after his appearance, they were so emboldened, they preached the gospel, even when they were told not to, they said, you must, you do what's right in your eyes. We're gonna obey God, not man. You kill us if you have to, but we're not shutting up about Jesus. Radically changed lives. You got Paul, who was a murderer, 
Man, he was a murderer. He was breathing threats. He was arresting Christians, hated them, murdering them. God saved him. Power of the resurrection. Jesus spoke to him, radically transformed his life. Radically. You can't argue with that. So I can tell you about the power of the resurrection. We've talked about the problem of the resurrection. We've talked about the proofs of the resurrection. And I could continue talking about the power of the resurrection, but I don't want to talk to you about it. I, I want to I show it to you, okay? You've heard that a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, in the marketing world, they say a video is worth 400 times the impact. So today, uh, you, I, I want to not talk to you. I want to have greater impact by showing you a video of the power of the resurrection, okay? It's a story of a young man in our church named Tony. Uh, Tony has been in our church for two or three years, right, Tony? He's on the front row here. Uh, Tony's family actually started, well, they, they are the genesis of our Hispanic ministry. And uh, uh, I'll tell you how. Uh, I was preaching on, on, on Sunday. I'd be preaching on Sunday. And uh, Tony's little brother, who was probably 10 at the time, he'd be talking to his mom and dad the whole time I was preaching. I'm sure people are like, what's he talking about? What's he pre-? And I, I, he's, he's translating for his mom and dad. I mean, imagine this, a 10-year-old kid translating for me. That guy's got some skill. <laughs> right? Praise the Lord. So I, I, I pulled him out one day. I said, hey, c- c- come here. So you're translating for your mom and dad, aren't you? He said, yeah, and I said, we're going to fix this. I told our staff on Monday, I said, hey, we're going to do whatever we got to do, uh, and we got to get trans- we got to get translation going on. And they, they have, you know, in-ears today and their translation. We have an Arabic, uh, same, same way, Arabic uh, ministry translation, and God's done some great things. So they were the genesis of that. We, we've got a Hispanic pastor now, Jose Ramon, and he, he's doing a phenomenal job, and, 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 and it's growing. And so they were the genesis of that. They were also the genesis of our ESL class, because Walter, the, the father, he came to me one day. He said, hey, I want you to teach me English. I said, I, I can't speak English myself, bud. <laughs> so I can't teach anybody to speak English. We got an English teacher in our church. Ask them. They go home every Sunday, I bet, going, oh, he just butchered the, 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 the beautiful language. But we started ESL. It's packed. It's awesome. It's amazing. And so... Tony's the older, the, the, the older brother. Man, he's been here now for a few years. Amazing story about the power of the resurrection. All oh, Jesus. And I could tell you about it. I don't want to tell you about it. I want you to see it because it's powerful. Watch this story and see the power of the resurrection. My name is Tony. I'm from Peru. I've lived there almost my life. <laughs> because I'm here just uh, a couple years in, in Tennessee, in USA. Now I'm a chef too, but I'm a welder too. So dancer, chef, and a welder, but yeah, that's me. When I was a little boy, I always feel that I'm different to other boys in, in my neighborhood, in my school, actually in my family too. But I always feel different, different to my father, different to my cousin, different to my friends in the middle school. I'm a, the, the most lonely guy in my classroom. I always feel I'm not like a girl and I'm not like that boy, so who I am. I always be confused about me. So I'm starting to feel the uh, same attraction for other guys like me. So my family was a really Catholic family. I'm, I decided to go to the church, to the Catholic church, because I think Maybe there I can change. So I'm into the, to that church like almost five or seven years. But I always feel the same thing inside of me. So I start to think, I know I can change. So maybe that's not for me. So I, I decide to, to go away from that church. So my moms and my dad, uh, have a divorce and, and she moved to USA so I'm I'm start to live alone with my sister in my country for the first time. I always feel that my homosexuality it, it was part of me. So I can change that. 
I don't want that because I always have that feeling. I never want to be a homosexual man in my life, never. I always think that it's not a good thing for me. And nobody can change that. So I just accept that and I say, okay, that's, that's you. So you have to deal with that and live your life. I lived that life almost seven years of my life. I'm starting to have a panic attack or anxiety attack. And in the meantime, my mom received Jesus in, in her heart for the first time here in USA. And she started to preach me about the love of Jesus. They always scream, hallelujah, amen. And I say, that peop those people are really crazy. So, well, if my mom is happy, well, it's good for her. So I respect that. But then my sister come to Jesus. Then my brother-in-law love come to Jesus. My cousins, and I say, oh my God, all my family is crazy now. What happened with my family, you know? And one day after work, my mom lived in USA and I'm in Peru, and she shared with me, it was a Hilson video, the song called With Everything. And I decided to, okay, I played that video. And when I start to see that video, I remember like too many young people with crying, with a hands up, like uh, worship God. And it was really beautiful when I see that. And I, I don't know why, but I start to cry a lot. Cried and cried and cried and cried. And I understand what I'm crying. I just watch a video. And I noticed a message from my mom and she said, when I see that video, I always see your face, worship God. And, and I say, well, yeah, it looks really good. Re looks really good. It was really beautiful, but that's not for me. Oh, I'm not for that type of life because I'm gay. And I said, I can because the Word of God say that I can live uh, my life with another man, so it's not for me. It's beautiful. I, I feel touched, but it's not for me. And I always remember that uh, part of my life because I think that was the beginning of the, the plan of God in my life. So I, can, I continue with my life and my relationship with that guy, it was worse and worse and worse. I'm start to, to take pills for sleep because I cannot sleep in that time. Then I always listen to my mom and my sister uh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, everything in the name of Jesus. Mom, why you always say in the name of Jesus? Why? And she say, because the name of Jesus have power. Everybody say that your name have power. So change me because I can't change, but you can do that. But change my life because I don't want anything about my life. I don't like my life. I hate my life. I hate my feelings yeah, and I can change. But everybody say that your name has power. So do it something for me in my life. Please get, take my life. I don't care. It was, it was really, the first experience of peace in my life. Like, I don't need anybody. I don't need my mom, my parents, uh, my relationship. Mm. I just need Jesus. So, in that moment, I decided to, to follow Jesus. But I still to feel the same attraction because in that moment, I think the power of Jesus is like a magic. It's like, oh, you can change. Okay, change, change. But it, it, I, don't, I didn't know in that moment that it's not in that way, you know? It's like, okay. But I try to, to change, to don't think about that. I not consume for two years pornography, uh, sex, anything. Two years after that, uh, I'm starting to feel weakness 
eating my flesh. Like, I can't do that anymore. I, I, I try it, but I can't. So I start to listen to that little voices of my past saying, you can do that. You know, I tell you, you can do that. That, that life is not for you. You don't belong here. So go to clubs again, uh, drink alcohol again, smoke again, decides to, okay, you still feel the same attraction. So go, go for that. After a, uh, a nightclub, when I, with my old friends, drinking and, and share uh, material things, I uh, called an a Uber tax, taxi and the, the driver was a Christian. He started to preach me about the love of Jesus. And part of me want to hear that. And part of me want to, no, please don't, don't say that. So then <laughs> I started to dating with a, a, a guy because I tried to back to my life. And he decides to introduce me to his family. And he said, that's my mom, mom, he's Tony. And his mom started to preach me because she was a Christian too. And she said, I know my, my, my son uh, is like he is. I not agree, I love him, but I not agree because God say that it's not good, but I love him and God love you too. And I remember put my eyes and say, really God? It's like, please let me go. I didn't know that I belong to Jesus. I, I belong to Him. I, I think that if I try to go away from Him, maybe I can live my, my life. But until one day, I was in the United States, in Tennessee, and, I'm, and I feel really confronting myself, like, you know, Tony, it's time, stop. Stop that, stop. Like, you have, to, you have to stop your life. You're thinking, I love you like you are. I don't want to be, I don't want like you change. I want to change you. I don't want to do that you do anything. I do everything for you. Actually, I, I, I die for you in that cross. Remember that. I'm dying for you because I love you. I don't need anything about you, just your heart. Remember that. And the Holy Spirit like confront me really deep. And I, I don't know, I, one day I wake up and I say, what are you doing, Tony? What are you doing? You're a child of God, you belong to him. And he started your, your process like two many years ago, but you think that uh, you can do that, but you can do that. No, for your strength, for his strength because you're weak. But the Word of God say that His, his power show in your weakness. So actually, be a weak guy is really good. I'm starting to feel weak because my goal was uh, be a heterosexual man because I don't want to be homosexual. So God, change me, please. I want to be heterosexual man. But it's not that. It's not that. You just recovered your identity. You are created for love me and follow me. That was you are created. So now that's my identity. Jesus is my savior. Jesus is everything, my friend, my brother, my everything. Like the song when I listened the first time, with everything. Now he is my everything. power of the resurrection. Hey, see the power of the resurrection. Hey, buddy. Thank you, Pastor. I love you. I love you. That's the power of the resurrection, folks. You come today, uh, some of you are struggling with addictions. 
you've tried and you've tried and you've tried and you've tried. You can't do it on your own. See, that's what Tony kept saying. I tried. I tried. Jesus said, you can't change you. I will change you. I will change you. I tried and I tried. I will change you. You come today, man, you are deep in pornography. You've tried and you've tried and you've tried. You can't change you. Jesus can change you. Some of you come and your marriage is flatlined. I mean, man, it's dead and you say, I've, we've tried, we've tried, we've tried. We can't change it. No, but Jesus can change you. Jesus can change you. There is no sin further than the grace of God will reach. Man, what an incredible video story of the power of God, the power of the resurrection. It's real. You can speculate on all the other proofs, but you can't not argue with that. You can't. Listen, Christian, some of you are believers and you're still struggling. Tony, thank you for being just so, I mean, your story, salvation is instantaneous. Sanctification is a lifetime. And some of you are believers and you're still struggling with sins. You've tried. The power of the resurrection. God, you're a child of God. Your identity, I loved it, Tony. Tony's like, man, heterosexuality, homosexuality. And then all of a sudden, you know, God, the Holy Spirit revealed to him, wait a minute, I'm your identity. Out of me flows who you are. What a beautiful story of the power of the resurrection. Today, God wants to take that power and change your life. Some of you don't know him. You might have come in today, and man, you just, you come to, to appease somebody. You come, not maybe to appease, but because somebody you care about invited you. Uh, thank you for coming. They've been praying for you. Maybe you come because it's just what you do. But when you turned a corner to come in today, out of nowhere, you got hit by a bus of God's grace. And he wants to change your life today. We want to help you. There's a place back in the back called the, the, next, uh, the, the Connections Booth. Come back, and we want to help you understand how the power of the, the resurrection can change your life. Believer, you're struggling with sin. Oh, man, this is our, our, all of our story. We want to help you to understand how the power of the resurrection can mold you and make you and continue to change you. Not leave you like you are, but change you into who God wants you to be. Man, Thank God for praying moms. Thank God for moms who speak the truth to their kids' friends. Thank God for Uber drivers who are Christians who speak the truth. They have sent, Christian. Your words carry impact and you don't even know. Amazing lessons of the power of the resurrection. And I hope that today that power is manifest in your life. Right now, we're gonna, we're gonna uh, in a moment, we're gonna stand and we're gonna sing and I wanna give you the opportunity, uh, you know, to celebrate the power of the resurrection. Some of you today need to give your heart and soul to Jesus Christ. Some of you as Christians, hopefully you'll leave saying, man, I, I know I'm a believer. I am a child of God, but I'm struggling and I'm gonna trust his power. In my weakness, he is strong. And we're going to celebrate, as we sing, we're going to celebrate baptism. We're going to celebrate by seeing again a picture of the power of the resurrection of changed lives. Man, we've baptized so many already in the first two services, and we're going to baptize again. As we play the songs, you're going to see a video that's rolling, and the video is baptisms, and that's the people that we baptized since November, and sometime in November, the last four to five months. This is people that we've baptized, and we want to celebrate those people, and then you're going to see us celebrate live more people today who have been transformed by the power of the resurrection. They're not perfect. They're still going to commit sins. They're still going to struggle. It's sanctification's a lifetime, but they are changed by the power of the resurrection. And I hope you celebrate that today. And I hope it inspires so many of you who maybe are not yet believers to say, I, I, I'm going to surrender today. Come back and see us at the, at the connection booth. If you are a believer,
Maybe hopefully you're inspired to live sin from an Uber driver in a story, from a mama. I don't know what the Holy Spirit's doing in your life, but the Holy Spirit's real. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, he's real and he's moving and he is active. And right now I'm trusting that he is manifesting himself in your life in some way that we're going to see visible over the next years. I want you to bow with me right now. Let's pray. Right now, if you're a believer with your head bowed, thank God that he saved you. Maybe you're struggling with a sin. Maybe it's still pornography. Maybe it's still lust. Maybe it's still anger. Maybe it's still marriage issues. You're struggling in some sin. Right now, pray that God helps you to see your identity is not in that sin. Your identity is in Jesus Christ. You are his child and ask him for the power of the resurrection to continue to mold you and make you into his image. And for in your weakness, ask him to be strong. For those of you who are not a believer right now, I just, I, I, I would ask you to simply do what Tony did. God, Jesus, if there's power in your name, show me, open my eyes to see it, my heart to, to, to receive it, my brain to understand it, my ears to hear it, and change me. Would you just say that? Father, we love you right now. We just thank you on Easter Sunday for the power of the resurrection. Thank you that we don't just talk about it. We see it. We experience it. Uh, God, thank you uh, for everything you have done, everything you are doing. And I, I look forward to the countless stories of people like Tony, people who you redeem and how they tell their story for your glory God, I just pray, Lord, that we would all leave changed today, that the believer would leave inspired, compelled, changed by the power of the resurrection still, and I pray that the non-believer, God, today would be saved, and that those who aren't, that they would one day look back like Tony and say, but that was the day the hand of God began to move in my life. God, we love you. You have the power. In our weakness, please be strong. We love you. We praise you. We adore you. We give you all glory, praise, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen.